welcome to the spark to your success my name is tj dow and i believe we all have a bright spark inside when you find yours and light it up not only do you light up inside and that feels amazing but you light up the world around you allowing others to feel that amazing too what a great gift to give not just to yourself but to the people around you the spark to your success podcast is designed to bring you a little inspiration, a little bit of insight and lots of positivity into your day. Welcome to this episode for both the young and young at heart as we continue our series on sexual identity and gender identity. Now, the purpose of this series is very much to give young people who are from the LGBT plus community a voice to provide young people who are questioning an opportunity to learn from those young people who've already embarked on that journey and to provide a bank of resources to help young people and parents get the information and support that they need on this really important aspect of life. In today's episode, you are going to hear my daughter, Taishan, interview Leighton, a trans man. At this conversation gosh, will truly touch your heart and your soul. It is honest, it's heartbreaking and heartwarming. You'll hear the challenges that he's faced having to continually come out as his journey has progressed from bisexual to lesbian to realising who he really is and clarifying that and coming out as trans. He talks openly about his concerns about coming out as a trans man because of the people who might not understand and even hate on him because of it. Not being accepted by his family, apart from his grandmother. Love his grandmother. What an amazing lady. Uh, And discovering that now every day is happier and brighter. Don't you just love that? There's experience, advice, thoughts on the work that still needs to be done in educating people with regards to the trans community and some incredibly inspiring messages. So do enjoy listening into this wonderful conversation. I'm super excited to speak to Leighton. Um, We chatted a little bit on Instagram, so I'm really excited to hear more about your story. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, your sexual and gender identity, pronouns, things like that. Hey, I'm super pumped to be here as well. And it's lovely to meet you virtually, as we said. So I'm Leighton. I am a postgraduate student at Lancaster at the moment. I use the pronouns he, they, them, anything that's not feminine or she, her kind of thing going on. I'm 22 years old and I'm currently hoping to get a job somewhere, which I hope comes through in the next few weeks. So, yeah. Yay, exciting, exciting. You didn't kind of mention that. You're a trans man, aren't you? I am indeed, yes. Obviously, coming out, it's a continual process. I think this is my I'm obvious I'm not trans so I, I can't speak that experience you will be much better at speaking it to to it um but did you feel like there was more of a need to come out because from my point of view I would think there's more of a need to come out as trans than say if you were bi or gay or lesbian did you feel like that oh definitely a hundred percent like because obviously I started hormones as well I think that was something that people around me needed to understand that I was going to be changing and I didn't want them to like draw attention to anything that I might be insecure about. I think as well, when it's just to do with your sexuality, 
that that is a lot more openly embraced by society as a more normal thing these days. And you see it more and more people just taking their partners home and saying, look, this is my girlfriend, look, I'm gay. Like, that's cool. And you see that a lot in the media now as well. Like I've seen a lot of shows on Netflix where there are um, gay or lesbian or bisexual characters that are even teenagers now, which is fantastic for media. But being trans is separate from that. But obviously we come under the umbrella of LGBT at the same time. And I think the need to come out stems from the fact that I was going to be changing and things about me were going to change. And obviously my name changed as well. And I understand completely that that might be difficult for people around me, especially those that have raised me and known me my entire life. So I think out of respect for other people as well, obviously coming out is always for you. You should only ever do it if you're ready, if you're in the right headspace, if you know that it's the right thing for you to do. But part of it for me was doing it out of respect for people because I was going to be changing into somebody maybe they didn't know. And I just wanted to make them aware of that. How did everyone find, especially people, parents, people you've grown up with, how did they find, um, obviously, changing name, using the right pronouns now because they've changed? How did they find that? Absolutely terrible. So, (laughs) yeah, I grew up in a very conservative area. Um, I grew up in rural Staffordshire. I went to private school unbelievably white no diversity kind of school at all and it's been very daunting so that's what I've been subjected to my entire life and my parents are conservative as well both my sisters are conservative which is just crazy and they take a lot of the mindset from that as well so when I first came out as bisexual when I was 16 they didn't understand anything about the LGBT community and they reacted very negatively to that at the time from there I think it just got gradually better and they started to understand more that why does it why does it matter who I love who I want to be with and when I then came out as trans it was a whole different ball game I actually came out when I was um I was drunk I was really drunk I'd had a few too many one night and as, as I'm sure everybody that's listening knows, when you're drunk, certain things seem to repeat themselves in your head or you'll get repetitive thoughts, things that have been at the back of your mind, they always come to the front. So I'd been thinking about coming out for a long time and I had way too many. And I text my family in the family WhatsApp chat saying, look, like my gender identity is different from what you'd expect, etc." And... The night I did that, they were all very supportive. They were like, we love you. You are who you are. It's okay." But then as soon as I started saying that I wanted to change my name, other things about me were going to change. Shit hit the fan. Like everything went so downhill. They thought that when I said about my gender identity that I'd just be wearing masculine clothing, etc., having my hair short. And they didn't fully understand what it meant. But as soon as it became real to them that I was going to be different, I was going to be changing. They would have to call me by a different name. It's been awful. So um, 
my mom only started speaking to me again a few weeks ago she wasn't taught she didn't talk to me from like December to uh, the start of this month which is awful um my dad hasn't been great he said uh, we had a very open and honest conversation together and I told him like please just stop calling me she and her it it makes me feel sick inside when you say it not even I don't even ask him to call me he him I'm like just use gender neutral terms like because that's cool with me I can see that they're trying but he said it makes him physically uncomfortable to do that and he can't stand that but the past few weeks he has been saying Leighton a few times and I can tell he's making the effort so my dad's been getting better my mom is still absolutely terrible and she dead names me on purpose if she does talk to me and my sisters you think they'd be a bit more accepting and loving because they're from our generation they haven't they haven't been wonderful they've just kept their noses out of it to be honest um my younger sister at one point said something really transphobic though she wouldn't stop calling me she and her and I said I said a bit sternly I said please stop calling me that and she said why would I do that you've got a vagina don't you and she said that in front of my dad and at that point I just I stormed off and my dad didn't say anything he didn't say Sophie you shouldn't have said that etc they just let it be and I told her outwardly I said that was that was extremely transphobic she said no it's not I'm not transphobic so that kind of sums up that experience but surprisingly um you wouldn't expect it I have a step-grandma and I haven't seen her very often at all but my dad speaks to her and my dad's been telling her what's been going on and she's been absolutely amazing like she's been lovely even though I, I don't think I've seen her in two years because of Covid especially because she is vulnerable but I'm sure we'll meet up at some point and she's been fantastic so that is great in terms of family um, my friends and the other people around me I couldn't have done this without them especially my girlfriend I don't I honestly don't think I'd be here today without her because that support from people is just so amazing and I know it's cliched when RuPaul says it and he's like as gay people we do get to choose our family but when I came out as trans that really really stuck with me for the first time and it is true it really is true there's a couple of bits I want to touch on from that. A, absolutely love step grandma. Absolutely <laughs> love her. Amazing. The fact that she's been wonderful. Love that. Also, you and your girlfriend, super cute. Super cute. See picture picture of you on Instagram. Absolutely love it. Also, in terms of family, um, it's we've had a lot of people on the podcast who, um, to be honest, for the most part of it, have had very good coming out stories in terms of everyone's been very accepting um I tell my story about my mum how I literally she was doing this podcast she already knew that I was bi I hadn't told her but she knew um and it was literally a case of she said oh yeah I want to do this podcast series about sexuality and gender I was like yes that's such a good idea I'll come on and do one bit about being a lesbian and she was just like 
okay cool and then that was like the end of it so it's really interesting to hear your story of how your family reacted because I think a lot of people in the community are in that situation um I'm really happy that you had obviously support in other places but it's interesting that kind of you came from the background that you came from um not that obviously that affects being trans or being in the community um but seeing how your family reacted to it it's just interesting isn't it because at the end of the day you are still you like you are changing you are changing a lot but you are still you you are still their child whether that be as a female or as a trans man you are still their child and that's what matters yeah exactly I say the only thing that's changed about me is how comfortable I am, how confident I am, especially. So I'm so happy to be here speaking on this podcast because a year ago I wouldn't go on a camera. I wouldn't FaceTime like the anxiety around doing things like that was massive. But I started testosterone, so hormone replacement therapy on the 19th of February this year. And every day since then, I feel like my voice is becoming my own, my face is becoming my own, my body's becoming my own, my soul is becoming my own. And I think the confidence that comes with that really resonates. And so I'm very, I'm happy to be here, but I'm super proud of myself for being here speaking to you as well, because that is completely different to who I was a year ago. So I really hope from this that the people who are listening benefit from it as well, because you got this. Oh, I'm super proud of you too. That's so good. Yeah, I think a lot of people definitely benefit from this. Um, So your hormones, do you have to take estrogen and stuff blockers and then take testosterone? Or is it just testosterone you take? Just testosterone. And I've obviously gone privately because NHS waiting times for trans people is the biggest issue that the LGBT community is honestly facing. And I don't think a lot of people within the community are even aware of what's happening to their trans brothers and sisters. And the NHS waiting time is about five years. It's just impossible. It's it's unbelievable. That's just for an initial consultation as well. That many years. So I went private and no, no blockers. It's just pure testosterone. I do it in gel form. And I have one pump a day on each shoulder which is 40.5 milligrams of testosterone a day, I do believe. How quick did you notice the change? Like you said, your voice, your face. Um, I follow a lot of like trans, um, I don't want to say influencers, um, can't think of the word that I'm after, but on TikTok. And they are, they're so good. They share their stories. It's amazing. Um, and they talk about the different ways that they can take hormones. And they do like, this is me, like, one day on tea and then they go I don't know if you've seen them are you on TikTok I'm not on TikTok but I've seen them and I've started them and I will definitely release one at some point please can you send it to me like please or if you put it on Instagram make sure you let me know um, I will but yeah how how quick did you kind of notice the change what did you notice first retrospectively like thinking about it, it happened a lot quicker than what it felt like at the time I don't know how uh, PG this podcast is. The first thing I noticed was my downstairs becoming a lot more prominent and bigger. And I think the growth there is is meant to medically 
from what people have like studied is meant to start after about four to six months. And I'd say mine had grown a hundred percent in a week, a week. It was unbelievable. It was just a constant throb between my legs for about two weeks. Um, in terms of um, sex drive, which is meant to be like the main one on testosterone, I found that around my girlfriend, I was a little bit more sexually driven. But when I was by myself and I had alone time, I, I went crazy a lot. And <laughs> I think that's one of the main things that changed. Um, in terms of my voice, when you're actually experiencing it at the time, it doesn't feel like anything's changing. But then you'll see someone you haven't seen in a month and they're like, whoa, like your voice has got so much lower. And then when you think about it, you're like, okay actually it has and like like you said about the TikToks I have been taking some like hello I'm Layton this is me one day on tea etc and when I get to maybe eight months nine months I'll probably complete the montage because I think it's happened a lot quicker than I anticipated um in terms of like facial hair growth I say I've, I got my first little very fuzzy mustache about four months in no three months in I'd say um I'm getting a bit of peach fuzz I really don't think I could even call it fuzz just a little bit of hair where I'd have a beard um I the pube growth is ridiculous it's really? ridiculous it's ridiculous like within a day of obviously I, I shave it down there because I am so much more sweaty now as well since starting testosterone but like it grows back prominently and more dark within like two days it's unbelievable. I say the sweat as well. Like I, my feet sweat so much now and I never experienced that before, but I'll be walking around in literal puddles and I'm like, I really hope it calms down at some point. But yeah. Do they, do they like, do things kind of settle down? Is it just your body getting used to it? Do you think they do settle down? Obviously like I'm going through what um, um, a cis male puberty would be. So that would happen when they're about, what, 14 onwards. And you know, boys, when they're that age, they're like stinky and crossy. Like, I think it does settle down and I'm hoping it settles down soon because I'm so sweaty all the time and it's not great. Especially when it's this hot as well. It's like 25 degrees. <laughs> so you've been on testosterone since February. Do you think it's speeding up the progress or is it kind of like leveled out or is it just because it's you you don't notice it's like what well, you don't notice you're growing do you because it's just you I say I can definitely feel it like I said retrospectively when you look back and when I'll go through my camera rolls and see pictures of myself like pretty I'm like no way have I actually changed that much um I say it's quite linear for me the change because I do do testo gel and a lot of people get injections and they might get them once a month, once every two weeks. And when you're getting injections, it's a massive surge of hormones. But because I'm doing gel every single day, it is very linear for me, which I think I'd prefer in lots of ways. So, yeah, that everyone's experience is different, obviously. No, that's fair enough. It's whatever works best for you at the end of the day, isn't it? Um, obviously we've spoken a little bit about family and friends being accepting. What about like people that you meet day to day? Do they generally, do you ever get misgendered or anything like that? Are people generally accepting? 
There's a massive mix. Like I'll notice it change day to day depending on what I'm wearing or something as trivial as if I brush my eyebrows up or not to look a little bit more bushy. So it changes day to day. Some days I'll get, because it's, it's mad. Things like this make you realise just how gendered society is. That fight. I've never really paid attention to people using pronouns for people before. But as soon as you're consciously aware of them and you're caring about them, you notice just how prominent they are unnecessarily. So I'll be queuing, be queuing at a supermarket for a cash desk and I'll hear somebody say, oh, we're just going behind that man there. And if I hear that, I'm like, yes. And that will depend a lot if I have shorts on or not, because my legs are very hairy. And obviously body hair is not gendered in any way. But to mainstream society, when they see my legs are hairy, I think they interpret me as more male. But sometimes, and more often than I'd obviously like, I do get misgendered. But I just, I, I look, I look extremely masculine. That's the thing. And it's not about that. Like, you should be respecting people, especially if they look androgynous. You shouldn't be assuming someone's gender identity. And even if they don't look androgynous, you shouldn't be doing that. But when when there are situations like that and scenarios like that where I got called a lady and I'd say that happens five times a week, maybe. Yeah. A lot more than I think a lot of people would expect looking at me. It, it makes you feel shit. It makes you feel invalidated. But I feel like I'm so used to it now that if it happens, I'm so sure of who I am and I'm so comfortable and confident in my newfound identity that I am able to just brush it off. But I know some people would be like heavily influenced or upset by it. And if that happens to you and you're listening to this and somebody misgenders you, like if you want to correct them, correct them, but you don't need to, you don't owe them anything. As long as you're sure of who you are, and you're happy in your own skin that is all that matters okay oh I love that advice and I love that you are in a place that you are confident enough in yourself to know that their opinion and their misgender on you doesn't affect do you know what I mean it doesn't place any value on your worth your identity how much you're valued anything like that I think it's really important what you said about not assuming people's gender identity it's something that I'm working really hard on because we are just taught from out of the womb that there is this gender binary before you've even come out you've got gender reveal parties now what is that about so yeah you come out of the womb and you've got pink and blue and like boys and girls and all this and as soon as you come out so now growing up like we were saying before the podcast it's you've got to unlearn so much so like anytime I see someone and I sometimes I'll go he's there and I'm like they're there like in my head I'm like they're there or they are picking that up or like it before I even do it I try and just say they are doing that I can't think of an example but like you know what I mean like just that saying they instead of assuming someone's gender it's so important and I've tried to like get into people's heads at work that just because someone might be like femme presenting does not mean that they identify necessarily as a woman or they use she her pronouns that's not what that means like gender doesn't mean that you use a specific set of pronouns or identify a certain 
Do you know what I mean? Like just because yeah. they come that way doesn't mean that that's their gender. And it's just such an important conversation that needs to be had in society. Yeah, I think a lot of normalising using pronouns for people is great. I think that's taking off a lot at the moment. So Instagram introduced it where you can put your pronouns because people put them in their bios before and Instagram made it so you could actually put them next to your name. And I think little things like that have impacted, honestly, impacted the community massively because it just normalizes use of pronouns in everyday conversation in a way that might be different to what people expect. And like you said, it's so difficult because from the second you are born, this binary is drilled into your head. It's all around you. It's reinforced by everything. You go to school, you're split into girls and boys. You can't play sports together. You'll go and the teacher will be like, oh, which strong boy is going to help me lift these chairs? I'd always be the one to put my hand up. And it's just so sad that there is such an unlearning process to do before you can properly learn who you are. And you said about pronouns and not assuming people. You're going to get it wrong. You're going to slip up. You spent your entire life drilled into this cis normative binary in society. You're going to slip up. Don't beat yourself up about it. If you do it on purpose, if you don't use the right pronouns on purpose, you're a dick. Okay, but people are going to slip up and they don't have ill intentions most of the time. So like you said, it's just practicing and just telling yourself in your head like they, them and just, do you know what I mean? Just practicing and unlearning what you've learned because you're going to slip up and it's going to happen. And if you slip up to somebody who who identifies with different pronouns, just apologize, quickly apologize and correct yourself and, and move on. Just move on from it. Don't overthink it because it's going to happen. Yeah, I've I've read quite a lot about that actually. About um, like if you do misgender someone, to just be like sorry and then correct yourself and then move on. Don't be like I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean like you don't need to do that. Just you know apologize and then work on getting it right after that because you didn't mean it like ill intentioned. Um, so yeah, that's super important. Um, so in terms of resources, did you because you came out as trans fairly recently in the past kind of year what resources did you find really valuable or were there any resources that you wish were out there that you couldn't find I'd say the one huge one for me because I use Instagram a lot more than any social media device I'm not on TikTok I don't have Snapchat I literally don't use Facebook so Instagram's a huge one for me and I'd say the most prominent account that comes to mind with regards to my transition and exploring myself and realizing who I am is um, an account run by a trans man called Skylar Baylor. Um, his, do you want me to give you his Instagram? Yes, please. So it's at Pink Manta Ray. And he is a trans swimmer in the US. And he puts up so many informative posts about being trans and different elements of the LGBT community as well. And that is the one that comes to mind that I'd always look through his page and it just felt right. I I felt like what he was saying about himself and his experiences, I was like, oh my, like, oh my, that, that is me. That is somebody that's like me. And even seeing that one person in the world that's like you has the ability to make you feel loved 
and make you feel right, even if the whole other world wants to put you down and tell you that you're different and tell you that you're wrong. If you have that one person you can look up to, it can change anything. And for me, it was his account and seeing his posts and seeing how happy he was, regardless of what people would do and people would say uh, that made me realize exactly who I am. Oh, I love that. That's so nice that you found something you're like, yes, that is absolutely me. I have that with some TikToks. I'll, they come up when I was like questioning what I was going through, whether I was bi, whether I was lesbian and something had come up and I'd be like, that, that, exactly that is what I was thinking. I didn't even know it was those words, but that was exactly it. It's like something just clicks, isn't it? And like you said, it's really nice to have even just one other person that feels the same. It's very validating. Oh, for sure. Even it's just knowing that you're not alone. You're not the only person out there because I think I remember when I was coming to terms with not being straight when I was younger that I was thinking, hey, nobody around me is like this. I honestly do not think I met an openly LGBT person until I went to university. Until I, until I was 18 years old, I was the only person in my whole school at the time who was out. And it's daunting. And when you feel like that, especially if you're in a context or an environment where you are unbelievably the minority, just knowing that there's other people out there, even one person in the world, it makes you feel at peace and it has the ability to make you feel like you're right for who you are. And I think that is empowering. And I really hope that everybody that's listening to this has that one person. And I promise you, they are out there. Like social media, whilst it has its flaws and its issues in many ways, you can connect to people and I can promise you, you'll find accounts that make you feel validated and loved for exactly who you are. Yeah, I think social media, like you said, it does have some really dark sides to it and some some bad points, don't get me wrong. But I think particularly Instagram, I'm the same as you, I use Instagram more than anything else. And it can be such an incredible resource. There are so many pages out there that are incredibly educational and very uplifting. I think it is all about how you curate your feed um to uplift you you don't have to have things on there and people on there that you don't want to see you can have people and um accounts on there that make you feel good that educate you that open you up to new perspectives and I think that's so important that's what I've done in the past year it was particularly mainly in lockdown um when like the Black Lives Matter protests and things happened and that's when that's what fueled pretty much all of my activism, not just like anti-racism, um, but like feminism. Anyone that knows me knows I will happily and uninvitedly go on feminist rants all of the time, um, like LGBT rights. And now my Instagram feed is like, it's all about that. There's so many educational pages about it. And I've learned so much, not just about being a lesbian, but about being trans, the right terminology to use, the wrong terminology to use, how to go about different topics, things I didn't even know about. So I think you're so right. It's an incredible tool. And you can meet some amazing people on social media. Like we wouldn't be chatting if we didn't have Instagram. Yeah, exactly. I met you on Instagram and I'm very grateful for it because we're having a wonderful chat right now. And I, like you said, there are so many incredible educational posts on Instagram and there are so many people that are like you 
So if you've got your feed and you've got your Instagram and you want to find people that are like you, you can just go and do it. And I promise you, it'll make you feel so much better about yourself. Yeah, 100%. Um, So have you got any advice? Obviously, your parents um, were definitely not the most supportive or your family weren't the most supportive of you coming out as bi and then lesbian and now trans. They're kind of struggling with the concept of it. Um, Have you got any advice for parents of kids who might be questioning their sexual identity and gender identity and kind of how to handle it, how to go about it, how to have the conversation? Definitely. I think the biggest one is let your kid explore it. Don't put any pressure on them. Don't really approach the subject until you think they're comfortable or they've tried to approach you on it. And I think the biggest thing that parents need to understand is that's your baby. That's your kid. They are perfect for who they are. Being part of the LGBT community does not change who they are. And accepting them and loving them is beautiful because who they are is beautiful and I promise you that they will flourish as people if you give them that unconditional love and this is the sad thing I shouldn't even have to be saying this I think it's so sad that we should give advice to parents because some might reject them and it's mad because I'm saying that from my own experience because my parents have done exactly that but it's sad it shouldn't have to happen but obviously it does have to happen So just know your kid is perfect and incredible and beautiful for exactly who they are. And the best thing you can do is love them unconditionally. And when you do that, they will flourish as human beings and they will be happier and they will be themselves. Being part of the LGBT community is not different. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's just a beautiful human differentiation and you should embrace it like your kid's amazing and I think you'll find that if your child is part of the community then they're naturally so much more resilient than other people they're fantastic and you should celebrate them for exactly who they are yes I 100% agree I think that's beautiful advice I do I think that's really great advice I think some people um, some parents kind of find the topic hard, especially being trans. I think like we've discussed, there isn't very much. Um, there's not a lot of education about it in, in comparison to lesbian, gay, even bisexual is a lot more kind of widely spoken about in society nowadays and not even just spoken about, but understood. But at the end of the day, I read something really interesting. Mm, can't remember what it was on. Um, But they were saying, like, at the end of the day, you don't have to understand. Like, I don't have to understand someone's using someone's pronouns Mm -hmm. to respect it and and support them. Like, I can't I really can't remember what it was on. Um, But they were talking about like neo pronouns, basically. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not something that I personally understand, but I would never if someone asked me to use neo pronouns, I would not disrespect it. If that's what makes that person comfortable obviously I'm going to do that. I'm going to make them feel more comfortable. I don't need to understand it and understand every experience ever. And I think that's what parents are kind of, that's where they should come from too. They might not understand their child being trans, but that doesn't matter. That shouldn't stop them from being respectful and supportive. Oh yeah. I agree completely. Like you don't have to physically have empathy or understand what they're going through or educate yourself on the matter. Although you should, like 
as long as you're still loving and embracing that person for who they are, not trying to change who they are, then that's okay. At the end of the day, like I said, it's just ignorance that we can't tolerate people being purposely disrespectful to you. And if you're listening to this and that's your family or people around you doing it on purpose and it hurts you, then I'm not going to say you don't need them, but you don't need to prove yourself to them. You don't need to prove that you're trans enough. You don't need to prove that you're gay enough to people. You are who you are and you know yourself better than anyone. Do not let the way other people are behaving around you or might be offending you try and change who you are because you are great. Yes, 100%. Do you have any, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, do you have any advice to um, like kids whose families aren't as supportive? Like, is, is have you had, I know you had friends close to you, but have you got any advice on how to kind of go about that? I know it's something you're still going through. Yeah, definitely. It's always a process, but um, if you've got supportive friends and people you love around you, stick with them like I said it's obviously cliched when RuPaul says that as gay people we get to choose our family but it is true and you don't need to prove yourself to anyone if your parents are unsupportive you don't need to prove to them that you are worthy of their love you need to prove it to yourself you need to find out who you are and have confidence and love in that And I think when you are by yourself and it feels like you've got nobody around you that understands or supports you, it's hard. You aren't going to love yourself in that environment. But I can promise you that there are people around you. There are people in the community. Like I said, Instagram's a really good one. There are always going to be people who love you and will support you. And my DMs are always open. If for whatever reason you message me, I would love to have a conversation I love you. I support you. Just know if you are struggling, there's always people out there who are rooting for you to be your most authentic self and they love you. And I promise you, things will get better. You do not need to prove yourself to anyone apart from yourself. Oh, Leighton, you've got such beautiful words. I'm going to play these as like morning affirmations. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, what are your thoughts on trans education in school? Because I certainly didn't get any education um, about being transgender in school. I'd just be interested to know what your experience is, what you think needs to change. Obviously, I didn't even have any LGBT education when I was at school. I'm not sure if that was the same for you or not. Was it the same for you? Um, yeah, I don't recall having any LGBT. They, we must have kind of briefly, very briefly touched on it, but it was very brief if we did. I can't remember it. Obviously, I know that's changing now. And I think it was a few years ago now, a uh, school in Birmingham, the parents were protesting against the kids being taught a LGBT positive curriculum. And it was just through like, cartoon storybooks and all it was was maybe some of the cartoon males had a male partner that they fell in love with and obviously the parents protested against it because they think it's it's going to turn their kids gay okay I did not experience any trans related education in school I'm trans you didn't experience any LGBT education in school and you're still LGBT yep people need to understand that just because kids are taught something, it doesn't mean they're going to be impressioned by it. All it does is normalizing normalizes love 
and diversity and acceptance in children from a young age. And I think I saw a quote for it once and it said, um, what was it? I was taught about World War II in school, but I'm not invading Poland. I said, I feel like I can say that because I am Polish, but um, yeah. And that's how it works. I think trans education in school would be such a beautiful thing, even if it was just touched upon for 10 minutes, 10 minutes of those kids' times. And that has the power to normalize in a child's head when they're growing up, like, hey, I feel different and that's okay. And obviously it's not planting a seed into your head, you're trans or you're not. That's just telling them it's okay to be different and you're gonna grow up and you're gonna realize different aspects about yourself every year, year upon year, you're gonna develop. And if the person you come to be is different, then that's fine. That is all LGBT education in schools will do. It will normalize something that is, should be normalized in society because it is normal. It is a beautiful differentiation and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. So I think all that's gonna do is make a queer child grow up and think I'm normal. I know for me, if I'd seen, even seen LGBT identities in the media more, or if it was touched upon at school, my life would have been so much easier. And that's not just because I was a queer child and that impacted me, but the people around me, my peers would have been more loving and more accepting, even if it was just touched upon for 10 minutes, because it normalizes something that is so normal. And that's what needs to happen from a young age for us to move forwards in terms of generations of love and acceptance. It should never be about tolerance towards any minority. Tolerance is not the word. If you're preaching tolerance, you are wrong. It's not right to just be tolerant of someone. You should be loving and accepting because they are absolutely perfect and there is nothing wrong with being part of the LGBT community. Yes, no, definitely agree. I don't understand why, like you said, like parents protesting because they think their kids are going to be gay. Well, A, what is wrong with that? B, why do you think that just because they see some kind of representation in the media or in school, wherever it is, that they are automatically going to be gay. Like, that isn't how it works. And all it does by showing that representation and inclusivity is create a safe space for the kids who are part of the community to come out and create the conversation. And like you said, not just that, the kids who are growing up with them and everyone else around is more understanding of the situation and what they're going through and more just loving everyone would be much more loving if that was the case I really just don't understand what they think protesting is going to do it just makes the kids who are part of the community feel 10 times worse and that creates such a dangerous environment like mental health within the community is so bad I don't know why anyone would want to make that worse by keeping that representation out of schools yeah, exactly. And just spreading that hatred is damaging to everyone, not just LGBT people, but the kids around them. If they're seeing, oh, my parents are actively protesting hatred against this, they're going to grow up because obviously I've, I've studied psychology for seven years in a row now. Everything is a mixture of nature and nurture. And with regards to love and acceptance towards the LGBT community, like, that is predominantly nurture. And if you grow up in environments where 
you are taught about these things in school like they're normal just just slot it into normal curriculum like it's a normal thing then not only is that going to help people growing up but people who are questioning their identity they're going to question their identity no matter what you show them you can't change that course of action you can't change what's going to happen with them all that does by putting it in the curriculum is shows hey it's okay and like it, it's going to change a whole generation if that was compulsory within school but I can see uh, lesbian and gay and bisexual identities being spoken about in curriculums, but obviously, as we've spoken about, trans-related things are about 40 years behind uh, more mainstream identities within the community. So I think that within the next few years, we are not going to be seeing any like compulsory trans education, even though it has to happen. But I think... Maybe if we come back to this podcast in 40 years, we can discuss it more. I I'm like to think forward to that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, what do you think, um, like, if trans education was compulsory, what sort of thing would you like to see in the curriculum? Like, what do you think would be really important? I think just speaking about it and normalising it, like it is just a normal thing, not making a big deal out of it. Like, wow, like these people are trans they are female to male just saying like some people don't feel that their gender they were assigned fits who they are inside and saying it in simple ways like that not not particularly focusing on any physiological elements to it kind of like physical things but just saying from a young age like I don't know, like I said, with the storybooks where the kids were shown storybooks and maybe there was a male character who fell in love with another male, maybe just a, a cartoon storybook with a little boy that likes dresses, something like that, something as simple as that has the power to change the whole trajectory of a trans kid's life. And it just makes it so much easier for them. So the main focus would be just putting it in, normalising it, just not making a big deal out of it, I think, is the main one. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Before this podcast, like before we started recording, we were chatting a little bit about it, weren't we, about how in media, like mainstream media, a lot of the time we're still at the point where like lesbian, gay, bisexual, um, although there isn't a lot of trans representation, but we're going to get that onto that in a minute um but like the representation that we do have is very much like this is this is our this is our gay character look look this is our or this is our bisexual character look at this and it's very stereotyped and it's often about like struggle um whereas it'd just be nice to see just just included in the storyline it's not a big deal it's just a gay person or a lesbian or someone who's trans just living their life and going about their day like like a normal in inverted commas person like that would be nice to see yeah exactly you hit the nail on the head with that one like I couldn't I couldn't add any more to it really yeah I do think that's what needs to happen going forward (laughs) um so what are your thoughts on trans representation in media because I watched you might have seen it on Netflix Disclosure I've not watched that what's it about Oh my god have you not it's um who is oh my gosh what is her name she's a trans actress and she's laverne cox laverne cox oh yes of course i know laverne she's from orange is the new black 
Yeah, she's um, she did a documentary on trans representation um, in films and mainly films, I think, through the ages. Oh, it's so good. You should definitely watch it. It's called Disclosure on Netflix. You would really like it. I think you find it. I'll start it tonight. I'll, after this podcast, I will I will watch an episode. That sounds great. Thank it's you. Like, it's a film. It's like an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah, I will watch it tonight. It sounds okay. great. Well, yeah. So definitely watch that and then message me about it because I'd love to know your take on it. Um, but yeah, what do you think about trans representation in like TV shows and films mainly? I honestly can hardly say anything from experience. Like you said, you mentioning Laverne Cox only just made me remember trans representation I have seen and when I have seen representation it's always trans femme representation so obviously pose there's a lot of trans femme representation within that but from the top of my head I cannot overtly think about trans mask representation in media I've seen some in advertisement because I've studied a lot of it and I've been actively searching for it. So there is a Starbucks ad with trans mask representation in it, um, which is really beautiful to be fair. But apart from that, I've never explicitly really seen something that I've remembered. I'd always have to actively search for it. I say trans femme representation is a lot more out there than trans mask mask representation is. And I think going forward that's something that definitely needs to be addressed a little bit more oh I think it's super interesting I could dive into the reasons why forever but we'll move on <laughs> otherwise we'll be if you could go back in time what advice would you give to your younger self stop caring what other people think like the only opinion that really matters is your own and if you're if the only way you're validating yourself and feeling yourself is through getting compliments from other people and changing yourself to be like what you think other people want, then that you're never going to get anywhere in life. It might feel good in the moment. You might get that dopamine rush in the moment when somebody says, oh, you look really nice. I remember that I used to try and show off my feminine attributes about my body. So I would show off my boobs only because I knew I would get validated from doing so. And I thought that validation would make me feel secure in my femininity. But all it did was make me feel more wrong, gradually and gradually. I, you need to know that love needs to come from within. And it's going to be, it's going to be fucking hard. It is. And it is, it is such a process and it is climbing a ladder. And as you're climbing that ladder, you're going to fall down a few times but you will get to the top eventually. And the way you get to the top is through loving yourself and affirming things to yourself and telling yourself you are perfect just the way you are. If you're in a hostile environment and you're surrounded by people who are not validating you for exactly who you are, then then leave if you can. It's going to be really hard. It's going to be tough to cut people off that, that hostile, but in the long run, it's going to be better for you. Just surround yourself by people who love you and see who you truly are. I know from my own experience, my girlfriend, I, I'd been struggling with my identity for a long time. And I, I literally didn't even need to come out to my girlfriend. It's like she saw right through me and she saw parts of me that I didn't even see in myself. And there is someone out there for everyone that is struggling. That person is always going to be out there. And if they aren't, 
then I will be that person for you. You can message me. I will validate you. I will make you feel better because you are loved and you're perfect and you're going to be going through shit. And there are going to be days that are going to be so dark that you can't see any possibility of leaving and you can't see any possibility of carrying on forward. But I promise you that brighter days are coming and there is somebody out there that loves you. And if you can surround yourself with those people and learn to love yourself for exactly who you are, because you are perfect. Oh, more beautiful words. I love it. I love it so much. I'm going to go back and listen to it and just be like, yes, I love these like motivational, passionate speeches about how loved we all are from Leighton. I absolutely love it. I'd say if you're questioning your gender identity, then just look into it. There's a lot of pages on Reddit where you can find out a lot of things, a lot of open and honest conversations about what would happen if you started hormones, for example. You don't need to start hormones. And I need the people who are trans, who aren't conforming to their gender identity, to know that there is no one way to be trans, okay? You can be a trans boy, you can be a trans boy without taking hormones, without getting surgeries. If that's who you are, that is who you are. Do not let anybody else tell you you're otherwise because you know you better than anyone. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I've read quite a lot about, um, like, being trans means something different to literally everyone. Um, And I saw, I think her name is Madison Werner. She is trans femme, um, but she put a picture on Instagram the other day that was like um, trans women don't have to tuck to make you feel comfortable Um, and she put a post on like untucked in a bikini like in a swim pool and I was like yes go on yes that's what we need like obviously I'm not trans so like I can't speak to the community but I imagine that is so validating to know that there is like you said no one way to be trans it's however you interpret it it's whatever feels best for you and you don't have to you don't have to have surgery you don't have to explain yourself to anyone you can just express yourself however you want to and I love that yeah exactly I'm glad you brought that up because I saw that exact post and I felt exactly the same way as you And it's just liberating. There is no one way to be you. Don't let people, even in transness, there is still that binary and people still try to place you into that binary. But obviously so many non-binary identities now are prominent in the media and that's incredible because it just shows it's a spectrum. And a lot of people who are non-binary would say it's not even a spectrum Gender is just a construct. You are you. You know you better than anybody. Do not let anybody place you. Do not tick those boxes for society. Tick them for yourself because you know what you want for you better than anyone. So don't let anybody push you into being a certain way. Yes, love that. Absolutely love that. I have loved speaking to you. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I hope that people are listening they really benefit from it because you are loved you are perfect for exactly who you are do not let anybody put you into a box okay I think so many people are gonna have benefited from this conversation I certainly have I'm sure all the listeners have as well so thank you so much for coming on thank you thank you for having me I honestly I really I got lost in time I really enjoyed that thank you so what a great interview Uh, an interview full of insight inspiration heartbreak 
laugh out loud moments. Such a lot to take in. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to have favourite interviews, but I think this definitely was ranking high up there in my most favourite interviews, Taishan. So uh, what were your best moments, your insights? Like, What did you really get from that wonderful conversation with Leighton? I loved this conversation. I'm so happy that he came on um, to share his experience. And I'm really grateful that he came on to share his experience as well. We've spoke on Instagram since then. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad that I got to speak to him and, and make friends because we didn't know each other before the podcast. Um, so kind of key things from the podcast were how his family reacted. I, I know, obviously... A lot of a lot of people do struggle with their family and coming out. It's just yeah. very interesting to hear his experience and his story and his family still dead naming him and, and not using his preferred and correct pronouns. It's, it's just a very, a very um sobering conversation, really. Yeah. That, and a big contrast to a lot of the co- other conversations about how family and parents and friends have reacted. I think that was quite a stark contrast, wasn't it? Definitely, 100%. And the fact that, like, me and you were doing this podcast, we've done an episode, we're here chatting about it, and then you hear other people's stories and it just puts into perspective how different other people's experiences can be. But on a really positive note, I loved these positive rampages that he went on. Yeah, If I'm... If I'm sad or like questioning my sexuality or even my gender at some point, I will be going back to that episode and just re-listening to Leighton on his positive, positive rampages. They were just so good. So yeah, he's just he's just an incredible person with an incredible story to share and raising awareness. Um, yeah, I'm very grateful to have got to speak to them. Yeah. It truly was an enlightening and, hot, like I said before, heartwarming and heartbreaking interview all in one. Uh, so I just, yeah, thank you so much for, you know, connecting with him through uh, Instagram and um, making that episode happen. It was just so, so valuable. I will share his Instagram handle, like his username, because he's got his GoFundMe page on there. Okay. Um, for his transition fund wow. yes so um his instagram is layton so l-a-y-t-o-n-e-d-g um and in his bio he's got the link so for their gofundme page so you can donate money towards layton's transition i think they would be very grateful for that any kind of support and it's well worth it Uh, That would be amazing if the podcast was able to really say thank you for coming on and bearing uh, their soul on here to actually be a part of the ongoing transition. So that would be amazing. So you have been listening to me, TJ Dow, and the wonderful Tayshan Dow on the Spot to Your Success podcast. Join us in the next episode for more in this series about sexual and gender identity. In the meantime, give us a follow, leave a review and share with everyone you know. Bye for now.